Scott Ritter on the Al-Aqsa Flood battle. The operation launched by Palestinian resistance forces on the 7th of October was the most successful military raid of this century. This article is reproduced in slightly edited form from Scott Ritter Extra, with thanks. There is a truism that I often cite when discussing the various analytical approaches to assessing the wide variety of geopolitical problems facing the world today. You can't solve a problem unless you first properly define it. The gist of the argument is quite simple. Any solution that has nothing to do with the problem involved is, literally, no solution at all. Israel has characterised the attack carried out by Hamas on the various Israeli military bases and militarised settlements or kibbutz, which, in their totality, comprised an important part of the Gaza barrier system as a massive act of terrorism, likening it to the 11th of September 2001 terror attacks against the United States. Israel supports this characterization by citing the number of persons killed, some 1,200, a downward revision issued by Israel after releasing that 200 of the dead were Palestinian fighters, and detailing a wide variety of atrocities it claims were perpetuated by Hamas, including mass rape, the beheading of children, and the wanton murder of unarmed Israeli civilians. Israeli terrorism lies exposed. The problem with the Israeli claims is that they are demonstrably false or misleading. Nearly a third of the Israeli casualties consisted of military, security and police officers. Moreover, it turns out that the number one killer of Israelis on the 7th of October wasn't Hamas or other Palestinian factions, but the Israeli military itself. Recently released video shows Israeli Apache helicopters indiscriminately firing on Israeli civilians trying to flee the supernova Sukkot gathering held in the open desert near Kibbutz Reim. The pilots, unable to distinguish between the civilians and the Palestinian fighters. Many of the vehicles that the Israeli government has shown as an example of Hamas perfidy were destroyed by the Israeli Apache helicopters. Likewise, the Israeli government has widely publicised what it is calling the Reim Massacre, citing a death toll of some 112 civilians it claims were murdered by Hamas. However, eyewitness accounts from both surviving Israeli civilians and military personnel involved in the fighting show that the vast majority of those killed died from fire from Israeli soldiers and tanks directed at buildings where the civilians were either hiding or being held hostage by Hamas fighters. It took two days for the Israeli military to recapture Reim, but only did so after tanks fired into the civilian residences, collapsing them onto their occupants and often setting them ablaze, causing the bodies of those inside to be consumed by fire. The Israeli government has publicised 
how it has had to make use of the services of forensic archaeologists to identify human remains at the kibbutz, implying that Hamas had burned the occupants' homes. But the fact is it was Israeli tanks that did the destruction and killing. This scene was repeated in other kibbutzes along the Gaza barrier system. The Israeli government treats the kibbutz as being purely civilian, and yet has publicised how armed security teams of several kibbutzes, drawn from the so-called civilian residents, were able to mobilise in time to successfully repel the Palestinian attackers. The reality is that every kibbutz had to be treated by Hamas as an armed encampment, and as such, assaulted as if it were a military objective, for the simple fact that they were all of them. Moreover, until Israel relocated several battalions of IDF forces to the West Bank, each kibbutz had been reinforced by a squad of around 20 IDF soldiers who were billeted in the kibbutz. Given that the resistance had planned this attack for well over a year, Hamas had to assume that these 20 IDF soldiers were still located in each kibbutz and act accordingly. The Israeli government has had to walk back its claims that Hamas beheaded 40 children and has provided no credible evidence that Hamas was involved in the rape or sexual assault of a single Israeli female. Eyewitness accounts describe the Palestinian fighters as disciplined, determined and deadly in the attack and yet courteous and gentle when dealing with civilian captives. US-Israeli plan to normalise relations with the Arab world in tatters. Benjamin Netanyahu is fighting for his political life. He was already facing a crisis of his own making, having pushed for legislation which rewrote Israeli basic law in a way which placed the Israeli judiciary under the control of the Neset, the parliament, effectively terminating its status as a separate but equal branch of government, so much for Israel being the greatest democracy in the Middle East. This act brought Israel to the verge of a civil war, with hundreds of thousands of protesters taking to the streets to denounce Netanyahu. What makes Netanyahu's action even more despicable is that it represented little more than a naked power play designed to prevent the Israeli court system from trying him on several credible allegations of corruption, which, if Netanyahu were found guilty, a distinct probability, would have put him in jail for many years. Netanyahu had billed himself as Israel's top defender, a specialist on the threats facing Israel abroad, and on how to best respond to them. He has openly advocated a military confrontation with Iran over its nuclear program. Netanyahu is also a proponent of political Zionism in its most extreme application and has promoted the expansion of Israeli settlements in the West Bank, which use tactics that forcibly displace Palestinians from their homes and villages as part of an overall plan to create a greater Israel which mirrors that of biblical times. 
Part of Netanyahu's strategy to accomplish this dream of a greater Israel is to weaken the Palestinian people and their government to the point of irrelevancy, thereby preventing them from achieving their dream of obtaining an independent Palestinian state. Netanyahu's plan was working. In September 2020, Netanyahu signed the Abraham Accords, a series of bilateral agreements brokered by the administration of then-US President Donald Trump that sought the normalisation of relations between Israel and several Gulf Arab states, all at the expense of an independent Palestinian nation. Before the resistance attack on the 7th of October, Israel was on the cusp of normalising relations with Saudi Arabia, an act that could have proven to be the final nail in the coffin of Palestinian statehood. One of the main reasons for Israel's progress in this regard was its success in creating a political divide between Hamas and the Palestinian Authority. Astounding success of the Al-Aqsa flood operation on the 7th of October, however, this success was washed away by the victory that Palestinian resistance forces achieved over the IDF. The precise means by which this victory took place is the subject for another time, but its basic elements are well established. Resistance forces effectively neutralised Israel's vaunted intelligence services, blinding them to the possibility of an attack of this scope and scale. When the attack occurred, Hamas was able to strike with precision the very surveillance and communication nodes the IDF relied upon to mobilise a response in case of an attack. Hamas defeated those Israeli soldiers stationed along the barrier wall in a stand-up fight. Two battalions of the Golani Brigade were routed, as were elements of other vaunted IDF units. Hamas struck the headquarters of the Gaza Division, the local intelligence hub and other major command and control facilities with brutal precision, turning what should have been a five-minute response time into many hours, more than enough time for resistance forces to carry out one of their primary objectives, the taking of hostages. This they did with extreme proficiency returning to Gaza with more than 230 Israeli soldiers and civilians. The Marine Corps defines a raid as, quote, an operation, usually small-scale, involving a swift penetration of hostile territory to secure information, confuse the enemy, or to destroy his installations. It ends with a planned withdrawal upon completion of the assigned mission, end quote. This is precisely what Palestinian resistance forces did on the 7th of October. What were the objectives of this raid? According to Hamas, the purpose behind the Al-Aqsa flood operation were threefold. First, to reassert the rights of the Palestinian people to a homeland not defined by the Abraham Accords. Second, to release more than 10,000 Palestinians held prisoner by Israel most without having been charged with a crime, and none with any notion of due process. Third, to return the sanctity of the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem 
Islam's third holiest site, which had been repeatedly desecrated by Israeli security forces over the past years. To accomplish these goals, the 7th of October raid needed to create the necessary conditions for victory. This was achieved by humiliating Israel sufficiently to provoke a predictable outcome. The implementation of the Dahaya doctrine of collective punishment against the civilian population of Gaza, combined with a ground attack on Gaza that would lure the IDF into what was, in effect, a resistance ambush. The taking of hostages was meant to provide Hamas with negotiating leverage for the release of the 10,000 prisoners held by Israel. Israel has decisively lost the battle for public opinion. The Israeli bombardment and invasion of Gaza has resulted in international revulsion against Israel as the world recoils from the humanitarian disaster that is unfolding before their very eyes. The streets of major cities around the world are full of angry protesters demonstrating on behalf of the Palestinian people and Palestinian statehood. The United States is now stating that a two-state solution, something that the Abrahams Accords were designed to prevent, is now the only way forward for peace in the Middle East. The United States would never have said this on the 6th of October. The fact that the United States has taken this stance is because of the resistance raid of the 7th of October. Israel is in negotiations with the United States and others about a possible prisoner exchange involving the Hamas hostages and certain categories of political prisoners, women and children, held by Israel. Yes, you read that right. Children. And now you know the wisdom of Hamas's decision to take Israeli children hostage. Such a possibility would never have occurred if it weren't for the resistance raid of the 7th of October. And in Saudi Arabia, the largest gathering of Islamic nations in modern history has convened to discuss the Gaza crisis. One of the top agenda items is the issue of the Al-Aqsa Mosque and ending Israeli desecration. This was a discussion that would never have taken place if it were not for the resistance raid of the 7th of October. It goes without saying that the resistance raid of the 7th of October unleashed a firestorm of brutal recrimination in the form of bombs, shells and bullets on the civilian population of Gaza. These are people who, for nearly eight decades, have been denied a homeland of their own by the Israelis, who violently evicted the Palestinians from the land currently called Israel in one of the greatest acts of ethnic cleansing in modern history, the Nakba, or Catastrophe, of 1948. These are people who have suffered untold deprivation at the hands of their Israeli occupiers, while awaiting the moment they will see their dream of a Palestinian homeland come true. They know that a Palestinian homeland cannot be realised so long as Israel is governed by those who embrace the notion of a greater Eretz, Israel, and that the only way to remove such people is by defeating them politically, and that the only way to trigger their political defeat 
is to defeat them militarily. The Palestinian resistance is accomplishing this. But there is a price to pay, a heavy price. The French lost 20,000 civilians, killed to achieve the liberation of Normandy in the summer of 1944. So far, the Palestinian civilians of Gaza have lost 12,000 civilians, killed in the effort led by Hamas to militarily defeat their Israeli occupiers. That price will go higher in the days and weeks to come. But it is a price that must be paid if there is to be any chance of a Palestinian homeland. The sacrifice of the Palestinian people has compelled an Arab and Islamic world, which, with few exceptions, has been mute over the deprivations carried out by Israel against the Palestinian people. Who did nothing as the cause of Palestinian statehood was mooted by the Abraham Accords. Only because of the suffering of the Palestinian people is anyone paying attention to the cause of Palestinian statehood today, or the welfare of the Palestinian prisoners held by Israel, or the sanctity of the Al-Aqsa Mosque. These were all stated objectives of the Palestinian resistance in launching the Al-Aqsa flood battle of the 7th of October, and all objectives are being accomplished as we speak. Only because of the actions of the resistance and the sacrifices of the Palestinian people, which makes the 7th of October assault on Israel by the Palestinian resistance forces the most successful military raid of this century. Thanks for listening to Proletarian Radio. We aim to bring you the best Marxist analysis on current affairs, revolutionary history, and theory. Do like, comment, subscribe, and share our content to help us reach the widest possible audience. We are a small organization with limited resources, and we need workers' support if we are to grow and fulfill our mission. If you are able to make a one-off or regular donation, no matter how small, please visit our website at thecommunists.org and register as a supporter.